And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. It's my privilege to be joining you today. Okay, I'm very excited to bring this show to you. This is a show that you will only get at Lifestyles Unlimited. You'll get a perspective today that you won't get. Uh, there's a lot of real estate podcasts out there. There's a lot of information out there, but this is going to be a perspective that you'll only find here at Lifestyles Unlimited. And what we're going to share today is I'm bringing on a lead investor to share his time with the show. And I'm going to explain right now what exactly he's doing. In fact, he just took over his second property, okay? Uh, he is a syndicator. He's a lead investor, as we call it here at Lifestyles Unlimited. And what he did was he found a business opportunity. He identified it. He decided uh, with his financials and his bankers and his lenders that this fit his criteria. Uh, he then made an offer on this property, signed a letter of intent. So he had to go through that process and fight off all the other people trying to buy the property. And then he gets uh, essentially a contract to buy the property. And then he has to bring the business deal to passive investors, people like myself, and say, hey, here's this opportunity. Here's what I like about it. Here's the business plan. Here's my one-year plan, my two-year plan, my three-year plan. He has to go through all that. And then he has to get enough passives to agree with him to decide, yeah, I, I like what you're doing. I'll, I'd love to be part of this. So he puts together essentially a partnership, and then he purchases the property, and now we're at that crucial early takeover period. And I've, I've been wanting to bring you this side as a listener for, uh, for years now. Uh, so here we are. I've got my friend Holden on the show from Houston, Texas, second-time lead investor. Holden, I really, I know your time right now is a crunch. Um, I can't tell you thank you enough for coming on the show today. Thanks, Mike. It's my pleasure. Yes, it is quite hairy during the first few months <laughs> of a property takeover. It is the most important time there is. Uh, let's use the analogy uh, the 747 is flying and it's losing altitude and it's headed toward the mountain, right? In the distant mountain. So you found this business opportunity that's not doing so well. We get that pilot out of the way. You're the new pilot. And now you're in that early moment and you're, you're having to make the changes to this property. Before we get into that, why don't you share a little bit of background about yourself? I am an IT guy by my, my background. Um, and my wife, she's got a finance background. So we... The two of us, I thought, would make a good fit in multifamily. Uh, now, my wife, she's Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, private equity, uh, and she published reports on real estate companies. And wow. she currently helps with managing our properties uh, and raising our boys at the same time, by the way. I should mention that. Ooh, juggling both of them. Yeah, that's, uh, that can be tough. Yeah, especially when they're young. And we're just new. Uh, we're relatively new parents. So this is a, we've got two uh, startups, I guess, going on. Yeah, so you've got two children, and then you've got two projects. You've got your initial apartment community that you've you can't leave that one alone, and then you've got this new one that you just found, and that you need to focus on. Let me ask you this: with her having that Wall Street background and you being an IT guy, so that's a corporate side there. How'd you even discover real estate? Uh, as I mentioned, my background was in IT, and I had an IT job at a 
small but global firm, and they actually let me run all the offices um, uh, that on the western half of the U.S. And okay. uh, I was sort of an overachiever, uh, but all I really got was a pat on the back over the years. Uh, no real significant yeah. compensation. A raise was difficult to justify, and large bonuses, they're not part of that company culture. And uh, I valued loyalty. Um, they were nice enough to let me run a business on the side. And uh, that, that caused some jealousy issues for some coworkers. But <laughs> what it did was it let me see a lot of different types of customers. Uh, so I ran this IT business on the side, and I had all sorts of customers that I serviced. And I noticed, um, well, I got to watch how these companies operated and grow. Some companies made a lot of money in a short amount of time, uh, but you, they usually stopped growing. And you yeah. really never knew what would happen with these companies. But the real estate companies, they were different. They, I actually thought they were the worst companies. Uh, they, um, they didn't have anything flashy. They, weren't, they didn't have any exciting growth, big mergers, acquisitions. They really seemed boring. But a lot of my customers I had for many years, uh, some for 15 years and, uh, and longer. And I noticed the real estate companies kept growing. They never stopped growing. And they, they always grew in a steady fashion. Uh, now, maybe it was just coincidence that they all grew, but that's what I observed with my customers. Yeah. And uh, after about 15 years, all the real estate companies I worked for built tremendous amounts of wealth, uh, every single one of them. And so uh, eventually I would quit my job. Uh, and there was a time when I had to focus on one client that just it just happened to bring in a tremendous amount of income, uh, relatively speaking. And I stuck yeah. with them for a while, but they actually outgrew me. Uh, before we parted ways. Uh, but that experience let me see what the real estate sector looked like. You're a husband and wife team. She's got some incredible finance skills. You have some amazing IT skills. My wife was not really happy when I started investing in real estate. I will tell you right now, she's laser focused, okay? It's funny how things come around uh, when you when you have some success, but it seems you and your wife were having a conversation. You're looking for something better and, and how to make money uh, and grow your wealth and take care of your family. So talk to me about that conversation. So after I quit my job, I uh, stuck with one client and brought in a tremendous amount of income before they cut me off. And uh, that allowed me to sit and think. This was right before COVID. And COVID hit, wow. and I'm sitting on this pile of cash. Uh, and I might have been a bit naive or foolish, but I wanted to make more money than those real estate companies I mentioned earlier. We're not doing this. This isn't the Salvation Army. I mean, we're doing this to grow wealth. So, yeah, I, I love your drive. So I explored many kinds of investments, uh, many investment options, including the possibility of running a company. Uh, I was even willing to try a completely different industry. Maybe I could just day trade. Who knows? Uh, but everything changed when we had our second kid. And then I was, well, then I sort of, I guess, I, I hate saying this, but I sort of grew up. Uh, my decision-making process changed. It wasn't just about making lots of money. I had to consider uh, my time, my energy, and, and also my appetite for risk with a growing family. So I spent a lot of time reevaluating what I wanted to do as a career. I even took business classes. I enrolled in real estate development program at Rice University. I did a lot of networking and studying at that time, trying to figure out how to make a living while spending time with family. Uh, and uh, I asked a lot of people a lot of questions. And in the end, single-family rentals or multifamily made the most sense for our family. Uh, in my view, real estate has the best balance of risk and returns. And so we started out with a single-family rental, and we tried what we learned from Lifestyles Unlimited. And to our surprise, our first house outperformed our expectations. We didn't take a loan out like uh, they tell us to do and like most people do. Usually you have to borrow 
money in order to make great returns. But even yeah. then, we almost doubled our money in two years. And this is with no wow. loan. And wow. this is and that kind of return is more typical of using a loan. Now, of course, all this happened during COVID when housing prices skyrocketed. So market forces definitely played a role in our success here. Um, but uh, after our success with that single family, multifamily was the next logical jump. And we already had some capital saved up and ready to deploy. We started our uh, we started our multifamily journey investing passively in multifamily deals. Okay. And uh, so after trying out single family, and we actually did this while we were doing single family, um, and and we felt more and more confident about operating our own multifamily property as a lead investor. And Lifestyles Unlimited definitely gave me the education, the connections, and the confidence to put together my first deal. And that was that took about a that was a one year journey. That took that was pretty hairy. I didn't know, uh, really had no experience with multifamily. And looking back, it's almost unbelievable uh, you know, how far I've come. How, and, and just to think how much Lifestyles Unlimited invests into their members, I couldn't have done it without that, that network, that family, uh, and that uh, I guess some of it was hand-holding, frankly. It is a little bit, and I like the fact uh, you tried out on the house. Okay. Wow. Yes, uh, that worked. And then you took the next logical step. Well, let's go invest passively. Let's see what these syndications are all like from the view of a passive. Um, and that's great that you have that experience because you know what your passives are expecting and you know what their questions may be and um, what they are, are trying to accomplish from that side of the deal. So, yeah, you took the logical progression and you did it actually in a short amount of time. I know you felt like that one year maybe dragged on, but to go... Uh, from just before COVID to here we are three years later, and you're already on your second property. Tell me a little bit about this property. Well, the second property just fell into my lap. Uh, I heard about it, but the the seller, the pilot at the time, uh, wanted too much for it, and it really didn't make financial sense. Uh, so uh, I guess a series of market forces, high interest rates, um, lingering issues at the property. Uh, one of the partners was just really tired of running that property, so they decided to uh, lower the price. And it uh, eventually came down to a price that we thought would work. And and uh, in and I guess I had enough experience by this time to know that that was going to be a good deal for us. Yeah, it fit um, fit your strategy and the fact that you own another property. So you're, you've already got it, kind of got your hands, you're in the kitchen, right? So you're already in there, and uh, so you know what you're looking for. You know how to analyze the property. Um, you, had, you had it on your radar. Good for you that you're watching the property. Was, was there any bid wars or anything like that, or you just reached out when you saw the price come down? Well, there was a, a little bit of a bidding war, but I knew my price point. And I knew that with my, my track record at Lifestyles that we would be able to come up with the equity very quickly. And so I stuck. I didn't, I didn't budge on my offer. And we, we had a pretty good, um, I guess we had a good narrative for why this property made sense for us. We, our first property is actually just 10 minutes away. Uh, and the, we can share the staff between the two properties. So we don't have to hire a full-time property manager. We don't have to hire another full-time maintenance guy. We can share 
the maintenance and the and the management between the two properties, we might go a little bit uh, above one full time property manager and one full full time maintenance for the two. Uh, the but the but the two properties made sense to run, uh, I guess, to run as a couple. Let's hold off right there and let's come back on the other side because what you're able to utilize is that economy of scale that makes this an even better value. My name is Mike Harrison. We'll be right back. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank you. And so that speaks volumes. So for that and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Harrison. If you'd like to attend one of our free workshops, I invite you to freeworkshoplivestream.com. Come see how we make money five ways on a single family property, six ways on a multifamily property. If it suits your investment idea, if it suits your ideas of investing in real estate, then I'd invite you to join Lifestyles Unlimited. But I really think I encourage you to check it out first. But real estate investing will change your life. It has absolutely changed mine. I've got my friend Holden on here. Uh, he's sharing his perspective today. It's definitely changed he and his wife's life for the better. And he's got two children that he's taking care of, young children. Uh, and he also has two other children. And I call those apartment communities. And we're talking about Holden's second property, f- quite frankly, just because he just took it over. This is the most crucial time of buying this business, of this opportunity, is these early day one, the first week, the second week, just these early first 90-day period. And, and Holden, you were talking about that. So um, let's go into that discovery. You, you take over the property, you get involved, and uh, what did you discover? Tell me what's going on out there. Well, going back to how we got our lower price, our, we actually did not bid the highest price by far oh, on this okay. property. And they took the lower offer because experience shows that if you have too high of a price and the team comes in and they look at the issues on the property, and especially with a uh, with with market conditions being as tough as they were, a lot of people will back out, and they wanted to get rid of the thing quickly. So they took our offer because we had a nearby property. They knew that we had experience running an older property, and uh, and they thought, okay, well, this guy – even if he sees the issues, he'll probably still take this deal, and that's and that's exactly what happened. We saw we saw a bunch of issues, and and then uh, even though they we they took the offer and we went through the whole acquisition process after the takeover, there were plenty more issues that weren't disclosed. Uh, yeah, but we were you know, after our first acquisition two years ago. We knew that that might happen, that would likely happen. So I was well prepared for that. There was a lot of margin built into the deal. So you built yourself uh, a very conservative cushion because essentially there's always going to be a skeleton in the closet, something that you discover. Uh, can you maybe share what some of those are? Well, the very first night 
after takeover, we had two major leaks that went all over the place. Day one, they affected four units, and oh my. Uh, it was yeah, yeah. And we and, and during and during this time, it's very difficult to find maintenance guys, especially those who will just get up and and deal with a leak at midnight. Uh, so that was. That was part of what, what I had to experience. There were some other electrical issues. Some of the issues that we thought would be would be an issue, uh, like the sewage, uh, ended up not being that big of a deal yet. Uh, yeah. So we we discovered other issues that um, that we had to deal with. Uh, tenants, uh, we we thought yep. we were going to get a good set of tenants. A lot of them ended up being, um, I guess, they're not quite. Uh, where we the, not quite the demographic we'd like. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the background checks were loose. The mm. leases weren't solid. There were a lot of missing leases or leases that were expired. Uh, now we knew all of this going into this. We when we go into a deal, we enter every single unit. We visit nearby properties. We review every single lease, and even then. Uh, after takeover, we still discover issues uh, that weren't picked up during the due diligence. Holden, you sit on uh, you hit on something that is essentially a principle within Lifestyles Unlimited, and we're, we talk about best product, best price, uh, by the best people, and you're making this a better functional place to live. And I think someone out there that doesn't understand what we do, they're like, wait, why would you be choosy about your residents? Don't you just you know get a body and and put them in there as long as they're paying rent, no big deal. But no, we have a criteria. We're making this property better than other properties. So that's why we have to go through and you have to meet our standards. You have to pass a background check. You have to have a income at a certain level. We do require you to have renter's insurance in there. And so we are running best product, best price. And if you've got a functional place to live, somebody will pay a little more to live in the better product, the better price. And so it's all part of that. So Holden, tell me about some just simple improvements that you would bring to the table uh, day one, week one, month one that you implemented early on. Well, when we took over, there were about 60 work orders that had been deferred. Uh, and these were these are the ones that they recorded. So there's also a lot of other issues that aren't recorded, but these are just issues that the prior owner just didn't either either didn't have the resources or just didn't have the uh, willingness to address and and when we take over property we want to address all of the work orders uh, but it was an uphill battle because we had trouble finding good maintenance as I mentioned so we were yeah. pulling uh, from um, we're just pulling maintenance wherever we could and and trying to address these issues right off the bat and at the same time we we immediately started upgrading some of the units, but that's part of our business plan is to upgrade these units and, um, and get the rents to another level uh, with a better product, of course. We're not just going to charge more rent, although this is a great location and rents were probably a bit lower than, than they could have been. Uh, we're actually going to improve the product. Uh, and as I mentioned, when, when you take over, take over property, the seller is going to paint this pretty picture. Um, they're going to say, well, it's okay. Yeah, there's some issues. Uh, but uh, you'll you'll be fine. And when you take over, you find out there's twice or three times as many issues as he as he was willing to uh, disclose. Uh, and so when we were rehabbing what we call renovating the the first unit, we discovered issues behind the wall. We we discovered issues with the walls. The, you'd press on the shower wall, and it would just 
it, the whole shower wall would move. Uh, oh, wow. There were gurgling sounds in the sink. There were um, the electrical uh, outlets that weren't wired correctly. And these things you don't you when you're when you're doing due diligence on a property, you're not going and testing every electrical outlet. They, they're not going right. to do that. Uh, and so you're discovering all these issues, and you're going to fix it. Uh, as best as you can, and so that it's actually a better product. And so you you don't feel bad about charging higher rent. They're actually getting a better product. So when we had the contractors come out and give us bids on how much it would cost to fix uh, different issues on the property, this is before acquisition, um, I still didn't trust their numbers. I, I didn't trust that they caught everything. Uh, my experience showed that there's still stuff that they're going to miss. And so I took their numbers and I added a bunch to that um, because the worst thing in a deal is when you have to go and ask your investors for more money. And this is a deal that we uh, had investors in. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be one of those leads that asked for more money because we ran out. Oh yeah. No, no one wants um, a cash call, if you will, out there. So smart move on your part. Uh, I, I, I love the conservative aspect that you're doing. Um, just in my family finances, I've got an emergency fund. I've got a what if fund and the fact that you're kind of baking that into your investment and it still makes sense to your passive investors is fantastic. Let's talk about, let's go back to something you mentioned earlier. And essentially you said you were sharing labor from property one to property two. Why is this not a minus for property one? And so a passive investor may not be happy about that if they're investing in that one. And why is this a plus? Why would somebody that's potentially investing in property two think this is a good idea? Well, our first property is about 56 units and it really doesn't need a full-time maintenance guy. Uh, but it's going to be very difficult to find a maintenance guy that's willing to work 30 hours a week or 20 hours a week. They, everyone wants full-time, either full-time or gig sure. work, we call it. Yeah. And we had a full-time uh, maintenance guy at our first property. And we. so when I presented this deal to my existing investors, for, for the investors in my first deal, uh, I showed them the math. And basically, if we just – Reduced for, and this the same applies by the way to the property manager. We don't need a full time property manager for a property of 56 units, but where are you going to find a property manager that's willing to work 30 or 32 hours a week? Yeah. So I presented the math and I said, Look, if we reduce the payroll of our first property, let's just say conservatively $15,000, just $15,000. Uh, that would increase the value of this property overnight by $300,000. I'm sorry, by, um, yeah, by $300,000. So basically, you're immediately increasing the NOI, the profit of the property, by $15,000. And okay. the kind of the going cap rate, if we use a 5% cap rate in a good, uh, dense urban submarket, 5%, yeah. you, you take that $15,000, you divide it by 5%, and you get $300,000. Beautiful. Yes. So 15 grand equals 300 in value. Tremendous. Yeah. That's that's it. Just reducing the payroll by $15,000 increases the value of the property by $300,000. So I presented the math to the investors and I asked them asked them uh, if they were okay with me pursuing uh, another deal. This is something that Lifestyles asks uh, us to do. They they want us to ask our investors uh, as a uh, to make sure there our existing investors are okay with us being, I guess you could say, distracted by another deal. And 
uh, we actually got a unanimous vote. Every single investor in that first deal voted yes. It's the proper thing to do. And yeah, that's something that separates us from, again, everything else out there. And there's some really bad stuff out there. You should catch my show next week because we're going to talk about some of it. But that is just one one little item within the white paper that we have that separates us from the others. And if your passives are on board, obviously, you're doing a great job on property one. And the fact that you're able to identify this simple Simple, hey, I'm going to take and I'm going to reduce payroll here, and then I'm going to be able to have this person work on this other property. So your maintenance guy's happy. He's probably getting more hours than he was before. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, well, now, in the beginning, we're trying to clean this place up. We're trying to fix all the issues. So we're, we, have, we actually have two full-time maintenance guys so that we can just knock everything out. And the uh, the investors of the second property, they know that they're not looking for a major profit in, the, in that first year. They know there's going to be a, a uh, takeoff uh, runway time in order to get this property stabilized. That's that heavy lift in the early period that, that we're talking about, that early side of it, uh, that focus on operations, get these work orders cleaned up, taken care of, fix the property the way it needs to be. Again, that makes a happy resident, right? The resident is our client. And if things are getting taken care of, chances are that client is going to do business with us again and renew their lease, uh, most likely at a little bit higher rate because now everything is functional. Again, the business plan is coming together. So Holden, for me, when I look at lead investors, I really think there's three items. And and I'm going to throw these three at you, kind of a surprise here. And I'm going to let you talk about it. But number one is what we've been talking about for the whole show, darn near, is that early massive focus on getting proper operations in place, especially in the beginning. How often are you, are you yourself, you're on the property every day from what I understand. Is that correct? Almost every day, sometimes six days a week. Um, Sometimes I'm only there three or four days. It depends on the, on the week, but I am definitely working on this property, whether I'm at, at the property or working from home uh, every single day because there's so much there's so much to pay attention to in the beginning. It's not just fixing the issues. We're also transferring services over. Uh, there's a lot of paperwork to file. Uh, we are we're changing systems. The previous owner ran things using Microsoft Excel. I love Excel, but when you're trying to grow a multifamily. Uh, company, you really want to use multifamily software. So we're importing everything into Resmond. Of course, his information wasn't perfectly clean. Uh, There's a lot of cleanup to do on the data. And so that takes time. Then we have to audit that against the leases, against reality, and uh, and make sure what we're putting into Resmond is correct. So garbage in, garbage out. We don't want any garbage going into Resmond, or we're going to be dealing with that garbage uh, and trying to clean that up later. And so all of that effort is on the front end. Yeah, that's part of the operations is getting the accounting in place. Um, I like that you're obviously using a, a proper software to manage your property. Okay, let's go to item two. Uh, this is a partnership. You have uh, essentially a group of passive investors that have agreed to come on your team. Talk to me about communication with those folks. A lot of our investors are first-time investors with Lifestyles Unlimited. So they are scared. Uh, they're nervous. And uh, I remember when we got into our first uh, first multifamily deal, and uh, it was very important. I looked at 
every report that came out. I read every word that, that came out. It was very important for us to, to get communications from the lead investor. And uh, as a lead investor myself, I wanted to really, I just want to take the spirit of that and, and comfort the investor. So in the first three months of this property, I've committed to sending out an update, a very thorough update every two weeks. Even if there's not much to report, I'm just going to talk about all the different aspects that we're dealing with, maybe provide some financial information if, if it's there or uh, some metrics on the on the property, and also all my thought process on what, what we're doing. And, and, and we're constantly changing our decisions, changing our mind on how we're approaching these problems. So I'm, uh, I'm disclosing that to all the investors. And we have 50, we have 53 investors in this deal. And we did that deliberately so that we could uh, let some of the smaller investors in uh, get, get their feet wet. And we made sure we ran the numbers in a way so that if we have a lot of unexpected surprise expenses, uh, the deal can, can, deliver what we projected. Uh, so we, we, we did everything we could with the perspective of the passive in mind, the passive investor in mind. Holden, that's fantastic. And you actually hit my third point in that answer. And my third point, again, what separates a good lead or an okay lead from a great lead, the ability to adapt and have a plan to move forward as you discover these items that are out there. So Holden, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. For the rest of you out there, I want you to remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Make it a great day. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.